Go ahead and take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of James, James chapter 5. I'm going to look at one verse tonight. I told Leslie I'm going to try to get us out a little bit early. She never believes me when I say that. Some Sundays ago, she said, just, just don't tell me that. Just don't tell me that we're getting out early. I know the way things are. You're not getting out early. But this is one of those moments. I mean, we have ice cream. I mean, I can only hold your attention for so long, probably, knowing that you have ice cream. You know, I was thinking about that today, how, how gracious God has been. For those of you who are in the 1115 gathering, uh, I walked out, and Jason was doing announcements, and when I walked out, I saw this guy's kind of dressed in like, a, you know, like he'd been cooking or doing something, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And then I noticed on his shirt it said, Southern Maid. He had just showed up and brought dozens and dozens of donuts. It was like manna from heaven. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> now listen, I'm not endorsing one donut place over another. I'm just saying I was proud just to have a donut. Or so I thought. I was sitting there talking to people. I looked up. Every donut was gone. I told them we need to do something like that. We'll, we'll work it around, and all the donut places will rotate every Sunday or so uh, so that we can bring them in because people just stood around and visited, and I know those of you who were in extended session had them for a lot longer today, but it was worth it to us. Maybe not to you, but us, but, but it, was, it was good. You never know how the Lord's going to bless. But, hey, <laughs> I just want to share this one verse with you tonight. It is a verse that I think is, that impacts our lives. I mean, all the verses of Scripture, we could say do that. But it is so practical, and it's so challenging. Now, James is practical. I mean, you read through his book, he is a practical individual. He just tells you exactly what he thinks, exactly how God is, the Holy Spirit is working in his life, and how he communicates the Holy Spirit's message to us. It's just so simple. And you will note that he says a lot about how we communicate. I mean, communication is so important. It really is. Communication is so important in the church's life. It's so important in the family's life. I mean, communication is the lifeblood. The way we communicate with one another, the way we address things in our lives. We've seen James talk about communication, talked about how we control our tongues. Last week, when Huge was preaching, he uh, challenged us, from the previous verses here about not grumbling, not complaining. Didn't you appreciate that message, by the way? You did? See, for me, it just cramped my lifestyle this week. <laughs> I like to complain. I like to grumble. But I was reminded last Sunday night, that is not God's plan and God's will. That's not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to grumble about one another or to one another. Rather, he wants us to be wholesome in who we are and relying in faith and trust on him. And he wants us to communicate effectively. Well, this one verse tonight speaks to us about the simplicity of our speech. About understanding that's, that it is a simple yes or no answer. And this is the challenge of integrity and honesty that James gives to us. Verse 12. But above all. Again, he's been speaking about communication, not complaining. The judge is at the door. He's listening to us. He wants us to 
communicate effectively and wholesomely. And James says, but above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. So here he just basically says, don't be taking an oath or swearing in order to demonstrate your truthfulness, your veracity. He says, do not take some oath or don't swear by these different things in order to add to your credibility. We're going to flesh this out, but maybe I ought to give this to you up front. I, I think what he's saying is you don't or you shouldn't have to swear in order for people to trust you and who you are and what you say. He says, do not swear or take an oath. Now, it is difficult to kind of get the background of this, the historical context. These are Jewish Christians for the most part. They're ethnically identifying as Jews, but they are now believers in Christ. So spiritually, they are Christians. They are believers. And perhaps there's some type of Judaism or some type of ritual that they're having to ascribe to, that they're having to take oaths about. I mean, in Judaism, especially in the world of the Pharisees, oaths and vows were significant. They would take those in order, again, to impress upon people their truthfulness, their veracity. Well, I think, though, you can find some context in Jesus' words. I think James certainly knew Jesus' words, and he is speaking again in his own way what Jesus had already said, Matthew chapter 5. I'd encourage you to turn there because Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, begins this similar language that Jesus uses. Now, Matthew chapter 5 is in the midst of what? What do we call this in the scripture? You've got the Beatitudes at the beginning of chapter 5. And the whole context is the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, I think, is connected to the book of James. I think the book of James is connected to the Sermon on the Mount. I think they're both New Testament examples of like the Proverbs. I, I think there's a lot of wisdom literature that you find here. So James is aware of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what Jesus said. So listen to the similarity, okay? Listen to what Jesus said. He said in verse 33 of chapter 5 of Matthew, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now again, Jesus is pushing back against the idea of righteousness that the Pharisees had. The idea of righteousness that the Pharisees had was an external type of righteousness. You see that all throughout the Sermon on the Mount, especially in this section where it says, you've heard, but I say unto you. You've tried to make the Old Testament mean this. You've tried to make God's message 
uh, conform to this, but I say to you, because Jesus had the authority to speak in the same vein of the Old Testament. He had the authority of God. He was speaking God's word. So he said, I say to you that you don't have to be swearing. Again, the Pharisees, what were they doing? Well, it was, it was, it was just this big uh, type, of, type of example of how they were so religious, how they had embraced God's kingdom and nobody else had. I mean, the Pharisees were all about that, right? It's all external. We're told that they're nothing more than like whitewashed tombs. They look good on the outside. On the inside, nothing but death. They were taking oaths. They were swearing. But they were not people necessarily of integrity and truth of veracity and honesty. They used these oaths and they would swear in their own way to try to reinforce their character, who they are. Jesus said, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Now, I do believe that I need to say this. Jesus, I do not believe Jesus was saying that you take no oath or that you can't take a pledge. I don't believe Jesus was necessarily saying that. Uh, many of you have pledged allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, right? Several of you done that? So you're a bunch of sinners. Is that right? No, no, no. Oh, my goodness. I just set off a no. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I do not believe that Jesus forbade pledges or oaths or vows in and of themselves. Why do I say that well later on when Jesus is on trial remember the high priest will actually place him under oath he'll say I adjure you by the living God you remember when he's asking about his identity and Jesus didn't stop and say hey I'm not taking an oath he didn't do that he didn't protest it he just simply answered under oath if you want to say it that way also later on Paul in Acts chapter 18 verse 18 he takes a vow he himself, look at the passage, he will take a vow. He will take an oath himself. So Jesus was not saying you can't take any vow or oath. What he's saying is you don't swear or you don't take an oath in order to prove your integrity. You don't have to do that. Oh, well, I wasn't under oath, so I could say whatever I wanted. No. For a believer, it doesn't matter whether you're under oath or not. You are to tell the truth at all times. Now there are some, Brother BK are Mennonite brothers and sisters, or maybe I should call them cousins, maybe. Some of you may not know this, but I do believe that we are akin to the Mennonites in some fashion in our theology. But they will actually teach that you should not swear and you should not take a pledge or so, and that is one of the reasons uh, that they ascribe to that. It's because of these scriptures. And I pulled up their church statement. It says, we commit ourselves to tell the truth, to give a simple yes or no, and to avoid swearing of oaths. Now, overall, this statement sounds good. And most of it I, I would totally agree with. He, they continue on. Jesus told his disciples not to swear oaths at all, but to let their yes be yes and their no be no. We believe that this teaching applies to truth, telling as well as to avoiding profane language. An oath is often sworn as a guarantee that one is telling the truth. This implies that when one is not taking an oath, one may be less careful about telling the truth. 
Jesus' followers are always to speak the truth and in legal matters simply to affirm that their statements are true. Jesus warned against using oaths to try to compel God to guarantee the future. In faith, we commit our futures to God. Throughout our history, or throughout history, human governments have asked citizens to swear oaths of allegiance. As Christians, our first allegiance is to God. In baptism, we pledged our loyalty to Christ's community, a commitment that takes precedence over obedience to any other social and political communities. Overall, I could agree with that. I, but I do not believe that we are forbidden to take any pledge or any oath. We just simply should not take a pledge or an oath that would supersede our commitment to Christ, right? The ultimate oath and vow is this, Jesus is Lord. And that is the first oath that we take, that he is our Lord and we follow him. And as long as there's an oath that does not supersede that or contradict that, I believe it is okay. So when you walk into a courtroom and they ask you to raise your hand to tell the truth, that's fine. But get this. You're going to tell the truth whether or not you raise your hand or not. Whether or not they put a Bible before you. Whether or not they charge you to make such a vow. You and I are to tell the truth. We don't swear because we shouldn't have to swear. That's what he's saying. And I love the way he did it. He said, so many of the Pharisees, they will swear by heaven... They will swear by the earth. They'll swear by Jerusalem. They will swear by their head, which literally means like their life. They're swearing their life. Although I do like the way Jesus said it. He said, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Now, I guess today we can do some of that. <laughs> Not calling anybody out. but. <laughs> But we should not swear by those things in order for our truth to be known. Our truth should just be a part of who we are. I love the way oftentimes we will say, I promise. As kids, <laughs> as husbands, <laughs> oh, we'll get that. We'll, we'll, we'll pick that up a little bit later. I promise. You ever heard that before in your household? Those shoes, oh yeah, I promise I'll get them in just a little bit. Hey, I'm going to get the yard. I promise I'm going to get the yard. I'm going to take care of it. Why do we have to say I promise like that? <laughs> to be honest, because the people we live in know us, and they know we're big liars most of the time, right? <laughs> And again, we use that I promise to kind of reinforce it, like to up it just a little bit. But that's what the religious leaders were doing. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were doing that just to kind of up it. You know, on a technicality, they live by technicalities, right? The Pharisees, they live by technicalities. I've told you before, I still believe it, that um, modern-day Pharisees, we call them engineers. I mean, that's really what it is. <laughs> they live for technicalities, they just do. I'm, I'm sorry. I love engineers, by the way, but never put them on a dream team because they will kill your dream when you get started. <laughs> right? They'll tell you 999 ways where they cannot do this. I've, I've been in churches with them. I know. 
you, you have to put them on the do team. I got you because you got to have them to actually do it because they'll tell you 999 ways how you can't. You just tell them, no, the dream team's already come up with it. This is what we're doing. You just got to figure it out. They will. They'll do it. They'll complain the whole time. They should have listened to John's message, but... You shouldn't have to swear. You should not have to raise your hand. You should not have to put your hand on the Bible in order for people to know that you are telling the truth. You are a believer in Christ. You have identified with him. And if you have identified with him, you have identified with truth itself. And if you are to communicate to others, you should communicate in truth. People should know they could count on you. That's what James said. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Don't try to complicate it. Just give simple answers. Have you ever noticed when we try to complicate our answers, we get ourselves in trouble? We begin to stretch things. We begin to speak ministerially. We should let our yes be yes and our no be no. And it's not about bargaining with God. It's not about bargaining in the future. I don't know if you heard that part of the Mennonite statement of faith, but so often when we uh, think about swearing and taking oaths, we'll take an oath, God, if you do this, we'll do that, and we'll... I've always been troubled by that. When I was um, leading music and youth some years ago, our pastor stood in the pulpit and he related a story of how he had said, God, if you do this, then I'll do this in my life. If you'll take care of this, if you'll heal this individual, then I will, I will follow you. And I always was uncomfortable by that statement. I've always been uncomfortable with bargaining with God because I believe that it's not about taking an oath or a vow. It's about, again, living with integrity. If God calls us to do something, then we should simply do it. If that's what we're supposed to do, we should just do it. Instead of negotiating and bargaining with God and saying, okay, God, I'll do it, but you got to do this first. You got to pay up first. Mm -mm. I will tell you that when we try to bargain with God, we need to realize, one, we have nothing to offer God. Two, he has everything to offer us. He has not called us to come to the negotiating table. He has called us to come to the altar with a bowed knee, to surrender and submit to him. Because he alone is worthy. So we do not take oaths as bargaining chips. We do not take oaths to assure our veracity or truthfulness. We subscribe to the simple yes or no. And I just want to make this call and this challenge to all of us in this room. That when we go out of this place... We conduct our business 
We go about contracts, business deals. We go about our everyday work, maybe signing documentation, maybe overseeing funds, whatever it is, that we go out with that simple truthfulness, the yes be yes, the no be no, that we speak the truth in love to others so that people can count on our word and what we've said. And if we have misled people, may we be willing to go back and say, I'm sorry. And if needs be, let me make restitution for what has happened. Because our yes should be yes and our no should be no. Because friends, our ultimate message is about eternity. When we talk to people, we want to make sure that they know Jesus as Lord and Savior so that they know eternal life. But if they cannot trust you in temporal matters, why do you think they would trust you with eternal matters? If they cannot trust you in the contract negotiation, if they cannot trust you to handle their money, if they cannot trust you about these earthly things, why do you think for a minute they would trust you about the eternal nature of salvation and Jesus as Lord? Because that's what it really comes down to, isn't it? Is that we speak in such a way truthfully that people know who we are know our word, and that we can point them to the greatest truth, the truth that has been embodied in human form, Jesus himself. And I implore you, as the people of God, to live truthfully each day in your families, in your communities, in your business, in every context you find yourself so that people will know that Jesus is Lord through your faithful and truthful testimony. And if that happens, <laughs> what a great moment to praise the Lord for how he has worked and how he has spoken through us, his people. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you tonight, and God, we know again that we really can't convey truth rightly without you in our lives. We can make efforts about it. We can, Lord, do our thing, but until you have invaded our hearts and lives, we don't even know truth. So God, thank you for sending Jesus for us. Thank you for giving us the incarnate word who we can trust in and believe in. And God, I pray that as the Holy Spirit works within our lives, that we would convey truth and integrity in all of our dealings. God, may we not leave our integrity at the church house. May we take it with us to our house. And may we take it with us to the workplace and beyond. 
God, thank you for my friends and my brothers and sisters in this place. People that I know that I can count on and you can count on. But God, encourage us each day to live more faithfully, to live more truthfully. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?